Hi everyone, welcome to Megan's Medicine. I'm Megan, talking about my medicine, and we're gonna keep talking about the five elements. So last time we discussed metal. So metal is the energy of yang turning into yin. Today we're gonna discuss the water element, which is full yin, and that could also be known as full darkness. So this time of year we're in right now, it is November. So it's the time where we're heading towards the darkest time of the year. We're heading into winter. The darkest day of the year is usually like December 20th, which is also the winter stolsis. And it's the beginning of winter and the time of stillness. So the water element is the element of stillness, the element of pure yin, of pure essence of water. And I like to think of it as the womb. We have this environment that is really fertile and it's quiet and it's dark and it's filled with fluid and it's this little haven. And from the outside, it might not seem like anything is really happening in there, but inside is the entire force of creation. So under the surface is gestation and germination that will eventually grow to birth an entire human being and all life began in water in the ocean i talked about a couple episodes ago how we started out as cyanobacteria like the little start of algae and it was gathering all the energy from the sun and gradually created chlorophyll and then it's created the spark of life and then the animals in the sea and eventually even humanity started in the deep, dark, quiet depths of the ocean. So this ultimate yin water is winter and it reinforces the idea that life is sustained on these reserves. So in winter, the bear hibernates to conserve all his energy and he has to do that so that he can survive the winter and he doesn't wake up until he's just ravenous and this spark of life where he's so hungry you know this swell of energy starts this brand new cycle of springtime again and same with the trees we talked about in the metal podcast in fall the trees lose their leaves because they have to conserve their energy so they pull this chlorophyll into their trunks and into their roots and then the leaves have to let go because they're considered unnecessary at that point. So the tree, in order to conserve and reserve and in order to be able to birth new life in the spring, it has to let go and it has to rest. And the winter is what allows the deep rest that's necessary for this rumble of life to signal to the roots of the trees again, you know, through the soil. It says it's time to start new life again, but it can't do that unless it goes through this time of rest. And a lot of us, myself super included, don't like the winter time because it's cold and it's dark and it's too quiet. And, you know, we think, we okay, I guess it's time to rest and conserve. But like I spoke about in Yin and Yang podcasts, our society is not really built up for this type of energy. We're built for Yang. We're built for activity. So it can be uncomfortable 
to rest. It can be uncomfortable to experience winter time. And, you know, we don't like fully submerge ourselves into the present in winter. A lot of us are thinking about the vacations we're going to take or thinking about all the activity we're going to pour into Christmas time. You know, Christmas is right after the winter solstice. It's supposed to be this time of stillness and appreciation and you know in the christian religion this tiny little baby comes in in the darkest night in the coldest night and it comes very quietly and there's this grace and this sacredness about the yin about the winter that we lose because we're so young and we fill it up with presents and parties and excitement. Sure. You know, I love Christmas. Kids love Christmas, but we often forget this sense of sacredness that it's supposed to have. So we distract ourselves and we put on a lot of lights so that we don't know it's dark out. And we have our tablets on and our TVs on and these, you know, these false artificial light that can trick our brains, trick our pineal glands into thinking that it's not the season that it is. But in order to truly live with the seasons and to truly live in balance with nature, we have to accept what is. So if we can embrace the winter and, you know, the sun goes to bed really early, if we go to bed really early and we sleep longer and get off our screens and just embrace the darkness and the cold and the quiet, I'm uncomfortable just saying it, but if we can embrace those things, we'll be so much better off because of it. And then we'll really be able to appreciate the new life that spring brings forth because without the rest, we can't give birth, you know, without this quiet seed of gestation inside the mother's womb, there is no life. So we have to appreciate the depth and the dark so that we will really be able to celebrate when the light and the warmth comes around again. So that's the water element in nature and water element in humans, as we are part of nature, um, is represented by the kidney organs. And the kidneys house what's known as our jing. And it's the, our, like, our deep fluid that's our essence. And it is combined, it's like our constitutional energies. So the energy that we're born with. And it comes from the energy of our ancestors, like the DNA from our parents, and the astrological energy of the time and place that we're born and has inherent in it the element that we chose to be when we reincarnated in this life. So when we're born, when we take our first breath of life, that chi comes through our lungs and it goes down and our kidneys grasp the lung chi. So this energy from our breath comes in and it combusts the deep constitutional jing of our kidneys. And then This jing, because it has the chi, the breath of life, it is able to combust this solid energy into a fire that travels up alongside our spine. And it creates portals to each of our major organs or each of our major element type. 
So based on what we were incarnated to do in this lifetime, we choose an element that helps us do that. So when we take that breath and this energy goes up into the portals, it puts certain amounts of energy into each organ or each element. And then that's what helps our body get the message from our spirit of what we're meant to do in this lifetime. So the kidneys are the roots of this tree. And then the tree branches up to support all the other organs. So the kidneys are really our anchor in life. This water element is our substance and you know our, our DNA. It's what t- connects us to our ancestors and our constitutional reserves. So these reserves, you know, this jing that we get when we're born, we only get it once. And most, a lot of clinicians argue that you can't really replenish your jing once you use it all. So others might say, well, you can keep your reserves if you have a good lifestyle and you're filling yourself up. And if you're taking certain herbs and doing qigong or whatever it is, you can fill them up. But generally, we have what we're born with. And this reserve helps us in times of crisis, in times of illness, in times of emotional conflict, in times of overwork. You know, the kidneys say, okay, you don't have enough chi to get through this, so we're going to give you our jing and turn it into chi for you. So gradually, this can start to decline the kidney essence and decline our water element, and we don't feel like safe and grounded in this life. So that's part of the reason it's so important to, you know, stay balanced and make good lifestyle decisions so that we can keep our constitutional strength because that is what governs the aging process. Our jing is eventually, I mean, it's what gradually we decline anyway. That's just part of being, you know, a form on this planet is going to decay. So gradually the jing starts to decline, but we can certainly speed that up through stress and overwork and you know drugs and alcohol and lack of sleep and you know just focusing on the wrong things for our root so personality wise the archetype for water is the philosopher or the sage and water is the mystery but water is also wisdom and it requires this sort of acceptance or this trust of the unknown but at the same time this desire to understand and experience the truth of things and to integrate this mystery into this life and reality so water people are very curious they're insatiable for knowledge and they're also very patient so time is an element they really use to their advantage you know whereas um, maybe a fire or wood type they want to know it right away Water people can just kind of accept that they might not know right now, but this desire and this capacity to hold and perceive, they know and they trust that eventually they'll understand. And as the water element connects us to the past and to our ancestors, water people can accumulate that type of generational wisdom and that ability to adapt. And water people are very faithful people. And when they're in balance, they're trusting and persistent, and they're very resourceful. 
and they're also very powerful and they're really good at overcoming adversity in the trials of life because as water flows, so do they. The spirit quality of the water or like the mental capacity is called the Ji, and it's translated as intent. So intent has been seen as this willpower combined with self-actualization. So it's like there's this germ, this spark of life and this determination to be an actualized connected human on this planet. So water people have a strong will and a personal power that they imbue with wisdom as they go along. And they're very committed people. Again, they adapt really well to challenges. They go with the flow. Um, You know, they're strong-willed and they're powerful, but unlike metal people we talked about last time, metal tends to attach very strongly to ideals and they're very righteous, but they can get hardened to their ideals. Water people, that doesn't usually happen because water naturally shifts very easily and adapts very easily. So they're not as, you know, they have a strong willpower, but they're not necessarily stubborn. They, they shift easily. And they do that because they have such a strong root. When the root of the tree is healthy and watered and strong, then the limbs and the branches can sway easily when the wind comes. Wind is what we refer to as change in Chinese medicine. So when there's change, water people can, can sway with it. You know, they come from a position of strength and a knowing type of wisdom of what needs to be done. So they can be very courageous and brave and powerful and determined people. But generally, they're pretty cautious. You know, they may know what needs to be done and have faith that they'll do it. But that comes from a knowledge that they've been slowly gaining from assessing situations so much. So they're careful and cautious and they move forward with diligence and also persistence. I kind of think of like a professional spy, you know, in all those movies, like they are so observant. They know everything happening in every corner of the room. And, you know, there's this quiet knowing they're so still, you would never know that they're about to like fight or whatever, but there's so much going on in their brain inside that quiet. And they have so much faith in themselves that they'll figure it out. But that's from, you know, an incredible amount of training and assessing. So this isn't from like a sense of bravado where they jump head first. That might be more of like a wood quality, but it's more from this yin knowing this trust that they have, you know, enough diligence from their, from their training, from their assessment. So, and water people are always seeking to feed that wisdom. You know, they always need to keep watering themselves with new knowledge and new teachers. And it also fills them up to pass that along to others. So they like the wise professor and water people are confident. They're flexible, but they also know their limits. It's absolutely essential for water people to keep filling their reserves, to take that rest. But, you know, because we're humans, we're not bears. We don't fully hibernate. So water people need to make sure that they're also 
being social enough, that they're also lighting enough fire to balance their water, you know, enough yang to balance their yin. But they definitely do need a lot of quiet time. They need to be alone and they also need time to just free flow. You know, metal and water people have a lot of similarities, but one of the main distinctions is that metal needs structure and water people need free flow. So they need some time to just do whatever their water wants to do or experience. And they need some quiet too. It can be overwhelming for water people to be in loud groups or large crowds, but that doesn't mean they're not sociable people. Water people can actually be very outgoing and gregarious and funny and like a really, a lot of them have like a really quick wit, but traditionally because of the way water was explained, I always thought it was this person who was kind of like a monk, this, you know, very introverted and quiet and sacred person, um, maybe shy, but that's not actually the case. That's just one version of a water person. So it actually took me a long time to figure out what element my husband was because he's friendly and sociable and really hilarious person, but he also does have a lot of water traits. And I had thought in the past that those were conflicting, but it turns out they're definitely not. You know, water people, the main distinction is that they just need to fill up in the quiet like introverts do, whereas extroverts don't necessarily need that type of yin. You know, they can actually get refueled in social situations. But, you know, like myself, I'm fire and I actually gain a lot of energy from being in social situations from, you know, dancing all night long actually like fuels me up and gives me a lot of energy. So fire and water are like two opposite poles fire's ultimate yang and water is ultimate yin so they're technically opposite ends of the spectrum but they need each other very much in order to stay in balance but of course inherent in that is conflict so being a fire person being social and wanting to engage and wanting to travel and make plans and go places and always do projects and create you know it was it was hard for me to understand why my husband didn't always want to do all those things. And when we first started living together, like like most people do, we had to learn how to fill up ourselves while also making sure our partner feels loved and cared for and, and full. So I also grew up in a generally, like in a young household, a lot of activity. And my husband grew up in a pretty yin household. So we had to learn balance from both our personality types and also our upbringing. So while I was full of excitement for all the things I wanted to do and see in the world, when we first got married, I didn't really understand his lack of zest. You know, he didn't match mine. And to a fire person, a water person resting is, I just kind of thought it was like laziness you know, and he, his name is Tim. He would call it his Tim time. And I, you know, tried to be accepting, but it was also kind of annoying because I wanted to go have fun. But then when I finally realized that he was a water type, I actually remember reading a passage in one of the texts that said water people need water time 
to just flow. And I was like, oh, Tim time is water time. It was like this eureka moment for me because in that moment, I realized like I just accepted it. Like if I want my husband to be the best version of himself, I have to let him have that time. Like he absolutely needs it. And you know, then it helped him understand my need for connection and socialization from my fire. So as I've said before, it's so exciting to learn more about the elements of your loved ones because then you can just accept them so much more instead of having this sense of resistance and wanting them to be something that they're not. Like they literally were not supposed to be like that in this incarnation. So it helps just create so much more harmony in your relationships and in your homes and same thing with my children, you know, understanding their elements has helped me incredibly as a mother to accept their strengths and what we might call their weaknesses or their challenges. And my water husband is very fortunate to have me as a fire wife because it's a common tendency for water people to get pulled in too deeply to their yin too much. You know, inertia is a very powerful force. You know, they like water people absolutely need their rest, but sometimes without the momentum, it can be hard to break that rest. And then their water becomes stagnant and sticky and damp. And, you know, what once might have been this free flowing river is now like swampy. And there's this heaviness about water people. And then they're not very inspired. They're not feeling very connected. And if they don't have enough fire circulating in their bodies, They'll develop all sorts of circulation issues like pain and high blood pressure and issues with their heart and, you know, potentially hardened arteries and cholesterol issues. And as stagnant water tends to pool and, you know, come down, it gets pulled into the lower part of the trunk. So low back pain and knee pain is very common for water people. They can have issues with the reproductive organs, um, with sexuality and impotence, issues with urination, um, like men could have prostate issues, kidney issues, um, like polycystic kidney disease. For women, it can often be seen in infertility and any kind of like cysts or fibroids. Um, so just this blood, this water pooling and turning turning kind of hard or turning kind of heavy. So water people need to make sure they're resting, absolutely, but they also need to make sure that they're moving and getting enough physical activity and enough warmth and enough expression, both physical and emotional expression. It can be very common for water people to kind of shut down and get cold and find you know difficulty expressing their emotions and expressing their visions for life you know whereas a wood person is constantly having visions and they can't not act on them like wood people are always acting on their their passions or their projects water people can sometimes you know they might have a vision of what they want to do but they don't have this this young energy this push to, to do it you know they have this quest for truth and this willpower to seek truth and to integrate this knowledge, that's inherent for water types. But if they don't have enough fire, they won't fully reach out into life and interact with it and then bring it in to integrate it. So similarly, water people have a natural trust in life. 
But the unbalanced version of that is they can actually become very fearful and mistrusting of life and of other people. And they can be cynical and fearful and suspicious and pessimistic. And they can become detached and cold and just kind of inaccessible. And they can also have trouble forgiving. But when they're in balance, they have a beautiful way of connecting with others because they can be really good listeners. You know, ultimately water people want to learn so they can be very open and objective and perceptive. And they're really good at staying present because they're just open and listening and they can be tender and sensitive and they have a beautiful capacity to concentrate. Like I'm so jealous of my husband's ability to concentrate sometimes because they can naturally just stay quiet and open. And water people can be great friends because they're honest and you know they're going to tell the truth. So when they're in balance, they'll tell the truth in a tender way. When they're not in balance, they might be tough and blunt, but you can trust that they're going to be honest because it's just natural for them. I mean, of course, on the other side of that is if they're imbalanced, they can actually be pathological liars. So that's what makes the five elements difficult sometimes because finding out someone's element, they could, you could either say, oh yeah, that's a water type a, because he's really honest and always tells the truth or B because he's a pathological liar. So, you know, there's all these ends of the spectrum, but truth is a big part of a water person. And again, the water element in humans houses the jing, this deep essence and water people have a huge advantage here because if they take good care of themselves, they age really gracefully and you know aging is or the jing is what governs the aging process but at the same time if they're not taking care of themselves and they're not watering themselves they'll age even quicker because they'll deplete all their jing even quicker so it's very important that they get enough sleep and they you know try to really manage their stress and drugs and alcohol are way too stimulating for a water person, so they'll tax the jing pretty quickly. It's very important for water people to meditate. You know, the, um, the organ for the water type is the kidney, and that includes the adrenals, which are these little endocrine glands that sit right on top of the kidneys. And that's what produces what we know of as our adrenaline and affects our cortisol, which is our stress hormone. So it's common for water people to have issues with their cortisol levels and they can get taxed very easily from overstimulation or from too much work, from too much socializing, from um, you know too much activity, too much drugs and alcohol, too much stress. So meditating is really essential for water people to regulate their nervous system. And it also fills their need to explore the mystery of life. You know, meditation sends you deep into the mystery. So typically water people are pretty good at meditating if they put their minds to it because they naturally can go into the depths that like fire people like myself, you know, really can't. Interestingly, a lot of water people have significant adversity in their lives. So we know challenges make us stronger and water people have this really deep strength and this beautiful willpower and desire to flourish and experience this life. Um, but 
you know, as they come into this element, as they choose this element when they're reincarnating, it's interesting. I think that they, you know, they see that they are going to have these challenges and they choose being a water type because they know that as a water type, they'll be deeply rooted and they'll go through these challenges gracefully. So it's important that water people accept adversity when it happens to them and keep flowing because if not, they'll shut down and become too fearful and just retract and isolate themselves. So connecting with people is a great way to do that. And also practicing any sort of like religion or philosophy um, that keeps them feeling faithful, you know, that keeps them feeling connected to this greater good and this consciousness. So the negative stream of news that most people watch or read would not be a healthy habit for a water person because they'll very easily get pulled into that stream of pessimism and, and darkness. And it's essential that water people let go of fear and mistrust because it could take them over pretty easily. So they have to commit themselves to viewing the world as beautiful and in a divine order. And that really goes for all of us, actually. When I was having a challenging time, feeling like I couldn't trust the way the world was headed and seeing it as dark and pessimistic, I had a mantra for myself that was, I am safe. The world is beautiful in its divine order. And I kept saying that throughout the pandemic when you know, some scary stuff was happening and life was getting shut down and we were all wondering, like, are we ever going to be able to live normally again? Are they going to force us to get, you know, certain pharmaceuticals against our will? Are we going to be outcast? What will life be like for my children? And, you know, a lot of fear was going on and I just had to keep reminding myself, like, the world is in divine order. Like we are safe and just stay present and just try to really believe that the world is good because generally I do. I am a very optimistic person and always believe goodness will come. Even if darkness comes first, it's going to help wash away and goodness will always win. So I have to always go back to that. And I teach that to a lot of patients and pediatric patients too I just teach them a mantra I am safe I am safe you know when they're having some separation anxiety or just general anxiety we have to view the world as safe water people maybe even more than the others because they can get sucked into that sense of mistrust very easily so I had so much fun talking with you about water today water is one of my favorite elements and one that was really misunderstood for me for a long time. And I think it's actually kind of supposed to be that way because the water element is all about the depth and the mystery of life and the seeking to, to know it. So I hope that you learned a lot today. Go give your best water friend a big hug and tell them they're doing an amazing job keeping up in the pace of this very young life. And congratulate them for keeping an optimistic attitude when it can be easier to view the world as dangerous and dark. And ask your water friend to go on a walk with you and move their bodies and circulate all that beautiful water inside them. 
and then tell your water friend to go to bed early and conserve all their beautiful jing. So I love you guys. I'm really honored that you're listening and sharing. Please, if you can review the podcast and give some stars and if you do that, it'll help spread this, spread the word and share all the the depth and the beauty of Chinese medicine to so many more people. And through that, we're going to change the world, guys. So next time I have an interview with the perfect water person. Many of you local friends know her because she's a powerhouse in our community. Um, I'm just going to keep you excited and I won't say her name yet, but I can't wait to share it with you. And until then, I hope you feel the blessings all around you. Ta-ta.